Crow talk. Crow talk. Crow talk. Just, just like, like the men. men. For those of you just tuning in, just a quick little recap. We're filmmakers. We made our first feature film. An adaptation of a 100-year-old screenplay written by Ella Higginson at the turn of the 20th century, wherein she tells a tall tale of helping her friend run for political office in Washington state. P.S. It's all true. We decided to chop it all up and put it on TikTok because why not? And we're talking to women in the film industry that know more than we do about the experience. Hook, line, and sinker. I know a place where the sun is. Chapter like six. Megan and Hannah. And down underneath is the loveliest nook where the four-leaf clover. I'm Stacy. And I'm Cassidy. And you're listening to Just Like the Men. The podcast. <laughs> is this where you mean to be? I hope so. We're glad you're here. On today's episode, we are talking to directors Hannah Black and Megan Peterson, the directors and screenwriters of the film Drought. So we're going to talk about their experience making their film and just what this whole process is like, this whole filmmaking process. They were one of the winners of Hometown Heroes on Seed and Spark in 2018, meaning that they got all sorts of different film support from the Duplass brothers. Their movie Drought is definitely worth a watch. It's super heartwarming. And uh, one of their main missions in crowdfunding their own film was so that they could both be lead actresses in this project, which they both do a phenomenal job. Emily Best is the person who suggested we contact Megan and Hannah. And we're so glad she did. We've been admirers of these two from afar because we saw a lot of parallels in the path that they're pursuing and our own teamwork is a really big part of why they've been successful and how they see moving forward in this work that they do. So um, there are just so many overlapping core values that resonated with us. So it's just been an honor to connect with them and also have some validation in what we're doing since there aren't a lot of, uh, co-directors and co-producers out there trying to pursue film like we are. So Emily Best, the gal from the previous episode, if you're paying attention, is the person who suggested we contact Megan and Hannah. And we're so glad she did. So let's get into it. It's going to start by saying we watched Drought last night. Oh, yeah. And man, such a just it's like so charming, good. fun movie. So good. Yeah, I already knew going into it, it was going to be that I was going to have a blast. And it was just so wonderful. Ladies, like, it was so good. Thanks for making such a beautiful movie. Thank you. Thanks for, thank you for the nice words. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a treat. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. A lot of fun making it. It was the hardest thing, as you guys know, that you'll ever do in your life, maybe. Possibly. Probably. I mean, unless we do another movie and like you want a bigger budget. Yeah. Like that. Right. Or like bearing a child, like pushing a child out of your body. That sounds also pretty hard. Yes, that's very true. So like filmmaking and like like level. Childbirth. (laughs) It lasts for five and a half. Yeah. Right. Instead of pushing for five hours, you're like pushing for five years. Like 48 hours now, but yeah, five years. So do you feel like now that it's on Prime, you can kind of like let down a little bit? Like you can breathe? 
Uh, yes and no. We're working really hard behind the scenes to get the word out. So there's a lot of marketing going on um, and we're the marketing team. So, <laughs> but it's, that's kind of fun for us. You have to get really creative, mm -hmm. but yes, in the way that finally we're able to talk about other ideas and other projects. For mm -hmm. the first time in what feels like really talk about them. Mm -hmm. Like have that permission, that free space to think those things. Now that we know where Drought's home is for now. I think before we didn't know officially where its home would be. Mm -hmm. There's just too many question marks. So yeah, it feels very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good. That's wonderful. So what was the catalyst for drought? One of the first questions that we sent over was, what was that beginning story like? I'm assuming it happened before Hometown Heroes since you've been working on it for five years. So yeah, what was the entry into to drought? Yeah. So I mean, the, the first catalyst was Megan and I are actors first. And we, we really wanted to create interesting roles for ourselves. Being in the Southeast, we get a lot of auditions that we're super grateful for, but it usually is one to three liners and it's like blonde number two, nurse, soccer mom. Like one of the lines that I had was more bacon and I really wanted that role. <laughs> and I'm like, there's a problem with me like losing sleep over saying more bacon, you know? <laughs> so as grateful as we are for those, um, those auditions and those roles because they are fun and important. We wanted to create something. Yeah, ourselves. that we could like, yeah, dig our teeth into, if that's, I guess, the saying, <laughs> that we could uh, really explore these characters. Sorry, there's mosquitoes. We're in the South, so there's mosquitoes. <laughs> I killed it. I think I killed it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then, like, I mean, we had started like dabbling in uh, short films, very short films, like under five minutes. And then Hannah came to me with this idea for drought that she had come up with based on her previous job experience, working with children on autism spectrum and specifically seeing their sibling relationship. So we started creating it and wrote it. Hannah wrote it in a month. She would send me five pages a day. Uh, we were so naive and we're like, let's make it. And <laughs> our friends were really generous to, to tell us to pause and explore the script some more. And, and then we were about to really reach out to investors when we saw Hometown Heroes competition for mm -hmm. Seed and Spark. And that was two and a half years after the first draft. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, I feel like the wider population doesn't understand that like the script is usually locked for like years prior to even like starting to look for the money right longest it's endeavor yes <laughs> we didn't know either we just discovered that as we were doing it we're like wow this is hard <laughs> how did you hear about hometown heroes do you remember i'm trying to think how we heard about it cassidy you heard about it and i was like in colorado and it started like i was visiting family so I was out of state and Stacy called me and was like, there's a crowdfunding competition. Our film works for it. But we had like done zero planning. It started in like, we had like a week and a half or something like absurd to, like, make to it get a it all together. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I like wasn't in the state at the time. So it was just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Whoa. That's tough. 
Yeah, we, I saw the article on No Film School. We are actually, we are trying to find investors, which we didn't know what we were doing. We're like, where are investors? <laughs> I don't know, we're in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, but I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, I sent it to Megan. Yeah, and I read through it and we are so, when we trust something, we trust it with all our hearts, but everything else, we're very skeptical. We're like, is this real? Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of research and we're like, oh my gosh, this is real. And I think like our project really fits. I think we lucked out and found out about it about six weeks in advance. Yeah. Wild thing is we had already scheduled a shoot for a, like a proof of concept short film based on our, our film. So we already had that shoot lined up, which we could then use for the Hometown Heroes pitch video. Uh, So the fact it all just kind of lined up. Uh, We did get a push from uh, Seed and Spark feedback because our audience was really small. We hadn't spent any time developing like our relationships to our audience. And, you know, (laughs) she was like, your crowdfunding goal it's cool and all, but I don't know if you'll reach it based on how many emails you have. So it lit a fire under our tails and we just went crazy getting people connected to our story. So. Yeah, I just like vibe so hard with like everything that you're saying. So every time you both stop talking, it's like, I'm just like same yes. exact situation. <laughs> Thank goodness for Seed and Spark. So about an hour and a half before this interview that we're having right now, we met with Emily Best. She's amazing. She's so amazing. And she's so brilliant. And she was talking a lot about just the educational piece of Seed and Spark. And and that's kind of where they're coming from. And that was our experience too, is there was so much learning happening in such a condensed amount of time. And hand-holding, thank goodness. Like they do kind of like at Seed and Spark, like scoop up baby filmmakers and they're like, you don't have any idea what you're doing. Here's a little bit of guidance for you. Yeah, It's so great and sets you up for such great, if you literally just follow the rules. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. You'll, you'll make it, you'll make the thing and you'll raise the funds. It's going to be hard, but yeah, they're incredible, incredible. They're so incredible. Earlier, you you two were talking about marketing and how, you know, that's you two as well. And we also vibe with that hard because in this realm of filmmaking, the independent, that being the independent realm, you've got to do it all. And so that was certainly our experience on just like the men. And we would fantasize about just having like one thing to focus on, like everyone doing one thing. Like there were moments of people who were in the film and lead actors in the film coming on the other side and running sound. Um, All the stuff that people just don't fully understand that goes into filmmaking. So what was that like for you, for you guys? (laughs) Take a deep breath. Yeah. Inhale. Like thinking back to, uh, I mean, we're still wearing all the hats, but (laughs) thinking back to the more physical like aspect of, of doing all of that when you know we drove around for months I think people don't realize this we have uh since it's a road trip story we have all these different locations and they're very specific and they're set in 1993 and we also needed a lot of roads to like drive around on and and fields to film in we drove around looking for roads and fields for (laughs) months and months and months and (laughs) 
that was the actual worst because also it's like a road and field like you're like cool great we're gonna pass by this like barn in two seconds yeah that was like the worst oh my god we did love location scouting everything else it was really really fun but um yeah we loved finding the grocery store and the motel and like all of that was really cool and we just would pop in and say hey we're making a movie can we use your space um and that was really interesting. And during that process, so we were driving around an hour outside of our town. We got to like really talk story and talk about our vision a lot while mm-hmm. we were in the car together. That was cool mm-hmm. um, time. We also cast the film. Um, yeah, all of the things. When it came to them finally crewing up, we started working with a production company in town called Lighthouse Films. And they are wonderful. I don't know that they've ever worked on a narrative feature that uh, like stood their ground for only having nine crew. (laughs) They're like, you need more crew. And we're like, we can't pay them. (laughs) We can't. It's going to be nine. So everyone who is in it is going to do also multiple hats. So um, yeah, it uh, it was so hard. Also for us, And I don't know if it was this way for you guys, but everything was a learning curve. Like we had never, we, the only thing we had ever directed before co-directed was the, um, the companion, like proof of concept short. Um, we never cast anything before. We never really done locations. We never acted as leads in a film. Um, we're used to more bacon, um, (laughs) you know, um, and that's if we book it, (laughs) which I didn't book more bacon, but anyway, I'm not Not bitter Uh, at all. I'm not bitter at all about about the bacon, (laughs) but, um, But yeah, it, uh, it the learning curve was huge. Did you guys feel that way? Oh my God. Oh yeah. Yeah, we didn't we, uh, know anything. Like we had also done like some short films. Like I feel, yeah, again, I vibe with the two of you really hard and it was really fun watching your work. And I think it's because we've talked before this yes. conversation. So I had a little bit of insight into sort of <laughs> who you are and what your journey was like. But yeah. it's the same, same beginning. Like, we have the same origin story. Yeah, it's very kooky how almost verbatim it is. And just like similarities in the journey too, I feel like where it's lots of hats, like, yeah, tiny crew. Our filming time was like super condensed. We did it in like two weeks. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny to go into the point where it's like your film streaming, like you've done it. You know, all the hype is kind of like, oh, you know, it's not quite as exciting now because it's like out there in the world. I think for like other people, at least in our community, it's like, cool, it's out there now. Right. Got, like great job. So then to continue to like try to hype the film at this point is an interesting part of the journey that like nobody talks about. I just feel like that is the main component of filmmaking especially at this grassroots level is just like there's re- there really is not any guidance except scenes mm-hmm. <laughs> totally you're just you jump out of a plane and then you're like okay I need to make a parachute I'm sewing my now. parachute right. in the air <laughs> you're literally crocheting parachute in the air and you never yeah. before <laughs> you're like I hope I have the right kind of yarn right yeah, exactly first of us in the street it'll work <laughs> yeah exactly it'll all work out that's what we always say it'll all it'll, it'll work, work out. out it has to it has to it's got to we're, we're doing a thing I feel like y'all we might be similar to in that we just trust our instinct and we think that that's really just helped us along the way um, and we, 
I guess just do things that maybe are a little out of the box. Like, it maybe goes against what everyone has said. Yeah. Um, to be like a successful filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> not maybe. saying we are successful. Clearly we're not there yet, but. To making your film. Making your movie. Yeah, I know a lot of like suggestions are to like reverse engineer it, like see where you want it to end up. And of course you've got to like know, are you going to want it to be in theaters and the cost of that and all that kind of stuff. But um, Hannah and I were on such a learning curve that that was so overwhelming to think about distribution. We were like, what even is, we don't even know what, um, what uh, a, a strip board is. Right. We, like, we is don't even board? know what a strip board is. How right. do we like talk about distribution? So we're from the like, idea that you can kind of build your parachute in the air one step at a time yes and you'll get it done before you get too far because things change anyway I mean at least for us distribution um if we planned for the distribution that we were hoping for we would have had to start from scratch anyway because of the pandemic so totally you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. um that's kind of something that a, a good thing that came out of wearing so many hats is like learning that you can just take it one step at a time. And I think we also learned too the things that we are good at, the things that we're not good at, mm-hmm. the things that we love. Just like you said, like you want to mm-hmm. throw marketing to someone else, the things that we want to throw to other people for the next projects. And it's cool that we've done those things yeah. to now know, well, I suck at that and I hate that. <laughs> so. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first film is almost just like a tool. I feel like, you know, in, in a more realistic sense, you hear about breakout filmmakers. It's like directorial debut is a huge deal and whatever. But I feel like for any filmmakers, the first film is just like a learning tool where you're like, cool, I learned what I'm not going to do next time. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah. And then the next film will have, you know, ideally a like slightly bigger, you know, you'll like grow it a little to a point, at least I personally wouldn't want to get too big with it. But that's just me. Um, yeah, we feel the same way. Yeah. yeah, it's like going to film school. Now, did y'all go to film school? I can't remember. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, that seems to be a common thing in film. People are like, no, that's not my background. I went to school for sound design, but I like I thought I was going to do live sound and then it ended up being for feature film. And then I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I stopped going to school. So I did have like, like a taste of film. I do think that program is what like really did spark my interest in the medium. But yeah, Stacy and I met through acting too. And for us, it was just like, we're passionate about this and comedy is kind of our like thing that we're obsessed with. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we just kind of started playing together and I had a camera and we, yeah, it's just kind of all evolved and snowballed from there, but it was really just like, Hey, we like doing this. Let's keep doing it more and like pursue it professionally, whatever that means. Parachute in the air. Let's go. I think it's listening. One of you said earlier, you know, listening to that voice inside you um, or trusting that like when you have yeah. trust there, you follow it. And you just, you move forward. And that is also a theme that's sort of been cropping up in these conversations is just trusting what's going on inside you and then saying you're going to do those things or asking for help that will enable you to do those things. Even if it feels weird or like strange, like those instincts, if it feels not what they should be. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is just by voicing it, like 
yeah, you just never know what type of assistance or opportunities then going to get thrown into the mix. Very, very true. Was it exhausting being in front and behind the camera? Like, was that exhausting to like be in front of the camera? Because I know for Stacy and I, we'll do shorts just like by ourselves where we'll be in front and behind the camera. And it's like produce like a three minute thing. And it's yeah. exhausting to do, yeah. you know, like be done. Like, oh my God, it's so tired to do, tiring to do both things. What was yeah. that like? That was hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was. Um, I, I, I don't think we can speak for each other right. on this one. Um, for me, it was, at least I felt like, because my love for, like, I love acting more than anything. That's like my favorite favorite thing and I learned that I love directing as as well but still acting's my like if I had to pick it would be that but um I think because it was the first time playing a, a lead in a film it was kind of like at least in front of the camera it was like I have no choice but to make it happen like I have to so it's kind of like even if you're second guessing there wasn't any time because then as soon as the scene is done, then we have to like talk to each other about the next stuff. So even though it was exhausting, it was helpful as an actor in a way, because there was no time to get in my head really for directing though. It, I, I had a really hard time just because it was the first time that I really stepped into it. And um, I felt so, I wanted to help. Obviously it's me and Megan both, but I wanted to be a good leader you know and like um Mm -hmm. and um I felt overwhelmed by that responsibility because I just didn't feel like I was qualified and I didn't feel qualified as an actor either but definitely as a director it was the newest of the new thing that I stepped into so what about you Megs um it was like a weird exhaustion you know what I mean um that it's like so exhilarating because you're getting to do the thing that you want so I don't know how like sometimes we're like how did we do that um because especially in the first portion of production it also was very very hot it was like 104 degrees and we were in an ice cream truck that had no AC nine of us packed into that um and like our sound guys wearing I mean he we he was a whole sound department he was the a mixer and the boom operator and he's wearing his pack and he's in the ice cream truck never complained not once just like soaked sweat never oh complained gosh. um but we had like like not to get debbie downer we had a really tragic thing happen with my mom we found out passed away on day six of production i know y'all it was crazy just an unexpected thing worst phone call you can get And it kind of shifted perspective totally, right? So then it's just like, we're making this thing happen. Like everyone's just like, we've got your back. We're doing this thing. Then on day 12, a hurricane was coming. Then we had to stop production um, on day 12 and take a two-month break and come back and finish out our last six days. Oh, my gosh. It extended this 18-day shoot to, uh-huh. like, ended up being... Oh, my God. Right. And not just the, like, strength to get through all of that, like, number one, just to have team like that that's, like, got yes. you. Yes. So, yes. so beautiful. Like, the film is already just, without knowing that, just so beautiful. And it, like, 
sometimes with indie film, I don't get like hooked with the main characters right away. But this one with all of you, all the actors that like pulled me just like in so hard. And that's just so like awe stricken that life hit you so hard and that you were able to just like persevere and, and move through it. And then to have like filmmaking is already so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's really been interesting and in, in a, a way to tell, like just let other people know you can get through it. Like you, like we're like a testament, you can find, and other things would try to like break us, like the heat. Or then when we came back, it was really cold. Really cold. Mm. Like so 42 degrees compared to 105. So we're in these little summer outfits trying to act hot, but our bodies are literally reacting to the cold. Um, And so typically stuff like that would like send people, you know, kind of over the edge. But when you've remembered the things you've gone through, um, like these bigger life events and forces of nature, true forces of nature, um, you're just like, okay, we can deal with the cold. Um, it really changes your perspective and not to diminish the other things. They were really also very challenging, yeah. um, but it gives you that like push to get through. And it really is, like you said, a testament to our team that they're just the kindest people you could imagine and really rallied around making sure that this film uh, got finished. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't have done it if they weren't if they didn't have our backs for sure. Yeah, because it was scary making that call on day 12 where we're like, okay, so the hurricane is coming. It was a category four at the time, which is like the worst. Well, a five is the worst, but a four, as you can imagine, is also pretty bad. Um, Heading like straight towards our town, not like a close town, you know, close by. Um, But when we had to literally stand outside of the Whaley's parking lot, and be like, okay, um, I think we have to pause. This is really hard. Our whole team, like I remember our second AC was like, guys, we're all here for you. We're coming back. We're going to finish this movie. Don't be afraid to pause and it's going to be done. And I think hearing vocally from our crew saying, we got this. We all have each other's back. It's not just you guys like alone on this island. We're coming back to finish it was, man, oh man, we got a good team. Yes, we really do. At this like very time, like our DP is driving the ice cream truck around the yeah. parking lot because the brakes were not working. There was <laughs> so some leakage. There was some leak brake fluid leaking. He's driving around trying to figure that out. I'm like, okay, how can we cram four days into one day? And and Hannah and our our assistant director came over and they're like, Megan, <laughs> think we just need to stop. Like we don't need to cram four days into one. We actually can't. Our, <laughs> It's not working. Everyone needs to prepare their homes and evacuate town. So let's just stop. We'll finish. Wow. We'll have a half day tomorrow and then we'll be done for a bit. Well, thank you for sharing those anecdotes. Those are intense, you know. And I'm sure, you know, this is what happens on every set, no matter what scale it is and whatever, however much money is behind it. It's just it's so much so much work over such a long period of time and there's so many people that it's amazing that it gets done at all like because it's just so much so the fact that you were able to push through such trauma like the ultimate trauma for me like that's my ultimate trauma what happened Megan like whoa that's incredible 
And it just is more proof that it's about the team. Like production is impossible without the team. And that's just for us, that is the crux of it. It's the team. And then it's also you two, like the support system, like Cassidy and I have talked at length how we wouldn't be doing this without each other. Same. That's the exact same. We don't know how people do it alone. If you're out there doing it alone, like, wow, you're yeah. Mm-hmm. Is how I couldn't do it without Hannah. Yeah, couldn't. Yeah, seriously. Just, so not boring because making movies is like the opposite of boring, <laughs> but it just wouldn't be nearly as fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine it. Like we talk about that all the time. That if mm-hmm. one of us like dipped out of the industry, like the other one wouldn't know what to do. Stacy, I'm speaking for you. Stacy yeah. would not know what to do without me. Is what I thinking. would not know what to do. I just like be weeping every day. <laughs> You all sound just like us. <laughs> Where we have the exact same. You're just like, I'm not going to speak for you. So me, I'm going to say it. So here's what you would think. But this I'll is what you're thinking right now. And then I'm like, she's right. That's absolutely true. Well, and even like with the like network and team piece, like it's really nice to know the two of you and be able to talk shop about this kind of stuff with other individuals that like truly understand parts of the trials and tribulations we go through as filmmakers and yeah, that is something through Students Work I'm so forever appreciative of. We love those two so much. Thank you, Hannah and Megan, for taking the time to talk to us. It just feels so good to connect with other filmmakers who are on the same road that we are. And we hope to continue to stay in touch with both Megan and Hannah. And keep your eye out for them, too. If you haven't already watched Drought, watch it. It is a heartwarming and just such a touching movie. We'll put the link to Amazon Prime so you can go watch the film. And once you see them in that film, you'll start to see them all over the place. They're working actors and they've been in quite a lot. We can also link their IMDb pages in our show notes. It's a reminder that if you reach out to people that maybe you think won't connect with you or are in some other league or platform that's out of reach for you, you'll see that we're all sort of on the same path to some degree. It's amazing the crossover between Megan and Hannah's story and our own as far as how we began and how we're continuing to work um, in a team-based environment. Yeah, there's never any harm in putting yourself out there. And it should be a general practice for all of us to be doing that all the time with people that we admire. It really pays off. And most of the time, people want to talk to you. People want to hear your story and, and help in whatever way they can. So if there's someone in your network that you feel is out of reach, reach out to them and find out. You might be surprised. A huge contributor to our success in producing our film was No Film School. Um, They have a lot of resources on their website. They have a podcast. The podcast was instrumental in helping us organize our pre-production on Just Like the Men. I can't recommend it more to emerging filmmakers. Like, go there listen to their podcasts, read their materials. It's incredible. We'll also directly link that podcast in the show notes of this episode. So we talked a lot about Hometown Heroes, which was a collaboration between the Duplass brothers and Seed and Spark. Um, And that was an amazing opportunity in that it created a really specific time constraint and really specific parameters for us to work within and get the work done. And there are other opportunities out there for campaigns, calls for scripts, films, you just need to be following 
no film school, other film festivals. You really need to stay connected to the film world. Um, and you can find these opportunities that will help give you some structure to get your next project off the ground. Yeah, social media is an amazing resource um, for kind of staying in the know with these sorts of opportunities. Like Stacy said, following film festivals will give you specific calls for scripts or types of films um, that they're needing for a certain year or season. There are a lot of film organizations that aren't festival driven, but offer grant opportunities or scholarship opportunities. What we did is literally search film, women in film movies, any account with those buzzwords on social media we are following in order to make sure we have as few blind spots as possible when it comes to funding, because that's truly like one of the most difficult pieces of film production. I think something that gets overlooked that you should think about if you're a filmmaker is check out the local film festival, the closest one to you. We live in Bellingham. It's not a big town, but there's this really amazing art house film festival that we've been involved with now for five, six, going on six years. And because of our connection to this festival, which is called the Cascadia International Women's Film Festival, we were able to partner with them and have our premiere in tandem with their 2020 festival. All that to say, there's a lot going on probably closer to you than you realize. And again, it's just a matter of reaching out and offering your help. You just never know where those connections will take you. And I know some of you may be thinking like, oh, well, this isn't Sundance. How far can I really get being at a local film festival? But like Stacy just said, there are so many connections that those individuals may have to larger projects or larger networks that you just would never know until you jump in. And you'll see more of that in later interviews. Our connection to Cascadia got us to Art House Convergence, which ultimately connected us to one of our interviewees coming down the line with A24. So you just never know. So get out there and make the magic happen. Keep at it. Find your friends. Make some cool shit. Godspeed. If you work, if you wait, you will find the place where the four-leaf clovers grow. Where the four-leaf clovers grow. Where the four-leaf clovers grow. I think we should do like maybe one or two more times. Okay, cool.